The message you're about to listen to is produced by the Trans Edge Church. We believe you will be blessed and changed by it. The Trans Edge change is inevitable. The realities of your inner strength. When you look at yourself, at times you, you just think about your capacity. Do I have the strength to be able to do what I'd really love to do? Or do I have the, the strength, the capacity, the inner strength to do what God has called me to do? Um, I'm not quite sure where I am right now because I feel stuck. I'm not sure who has been feeling like that for quite a while. But I'm here to speak to you today that there is something inside of you that only God can see that he wants to help you explore. Amen. Shall we pray? Dear Holy Spirit, take all of me, leave nothing else. Use me this morning. And Father, as you speak to us, help your word to fall on the fertile side, the fertile part of our hearts, so that it will grow, take root, and become fruitful. And let us continue to see you as you are, the way you want us to see you, God. God bless you, we adore you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Bible is full of this phrase, be strong. How many of us have heard that before? Be strong. And he calls to Joshua, he said, be strong. And uh, uh, David said to his son, Solomon, be strong. Uh, God said through Haggai to the people, he said, be strong. You see, when God says, be strong, there is something that he's communicating that we need to check out. What is this that God is saying? Because for him to say be strong, it means that he believes in us. So I'm sharing the realities of the inner strength that God sees in us. The realities of your inner strength. Haggai chapter 2, and that's where I'm starting with this morning. Haggai. It's a book that is very difficult to get to because it's just only two chapters. But you'll find it eventually. It's after Zephaniah. For those of you who still remember to bring your Bibles to church. And for those who have forgotten to bring their Bibles. My eyes are on you. <laughs> Amen. Haggai chapter 2, verse 1. Are we ready? All right, let's do it. In the seventh month, can we use the new international version, please? Thank you. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shetel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Jozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? 
And the background to this story is that the people of God, the Israelites, had been taken to, into slavery again. They were captured. But before then, there was already a temple, the temple that Solomon built. And it was grandiose. It was beautiful. It was amazing. And the prayers prayed on that temple was anyone, regardless of wherever they are in the world, who looks towards this temple and pray, God, you will hear them. And if you remember a few months ago, we talked about that. And God said, yes, I will. And it says, anyone who lifts their hands towards this temple, even if they are aliens, as in outside of your promises, but they recognize this temple and look towards this temple and pray. God, you will hear them. And God said, I will. Now, the temple has been destroyed at this time. Because the people had been taken away by invaders and now they're back. And Haggai is trying to encourage them to build. If you remember, uh, at the beginning of the year, we're talking about how the prophet told them, hey, let's build together. And they even came to him and said, you know, read us the word because we've not heard the word for a long time. And as he opened the, the book, the people stood up, if you remember that. And as he started reading, they lifted up their hand and said, amen and amen. Okay, so that's still within the premise of the scripture. All right, so he said, who of you is, is left who saw this house, this temple, in its former glory, the way it used to be? Because it was beautiful, it was amazing, the best place on earth, so to speak. He said, how does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? Because it was in rubble. It was destroyed. He said, so how does it seem to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing but now? Say that with me. But now, be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, the second time. Joshua, son of Jozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. He said to them three times, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong. Be strong, all you people, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. And my spirit remains among you. Two things he said there. He said, be strong. Okay, why? Because I'm with you. And my spirit is still within you. So do not fear. And this is what the Lord God Almighty said. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens on the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house. It's still in rubble. But he said, I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. So you think you've seen anything yet? There's much more. So I'm going to, through you, build something that is amazing that people will once again look back at and be amazed. But he's saying the main thing there is 
Be strong and work. Say to someone, be strong and work. Joshua chapter 1. How nice is that? Sounds like angels singing from heaven. Amen. Or am I hearing voices? Of course I'm hearing voices. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right. Joshua chapter 1 verse 1. Now, before we do Joshua chapter 1 verse 1, just go to the last book before Joshua, the last um, chapter and the last verse. That is Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 10. Or let's do from verse 9. Are you there? Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9. Now Joshua, son of Nun, you remember Joshua, the one that was with Moses? You remember him? This is the one. All right. Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom. He was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Not commanded Joshua, but commanded Moses. So the people listened to Joshua because they saw that Joshua has recognized. Listened to Joshua because they saw Moses has recognized Joshua, laid his hands on Joshua, and he received the spirit of wisdom. Okay, chapter 1. Joshua. So after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, because he was always with Moses. Verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give you to the Israelites. And I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. And he said in verse 5, read this with me, verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. That's crazy. That's God saying to him, hey, I want you to do something and no one can stand against it. So every word that you speak, I will back it up. And then what did he say after that? He said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Love that. And then he went ahead to say the first of three be strongs. The first one, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Second one, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from me to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Listen for the third one. Have I not commanded you? Be strong And courageous. You see, for God to tell Joshua three times, it means there was something he was trying to communicate to Joshua. 
In other words, Joshua, there's going to be a time you're going to lose hope. But be strong. There's going to be a time that you're going to doubt if I ever called you. But be strong. There's going to be a time that you would doubt the spirit of wisdom that is upon you. Hey, be strong. So this morning, I've highlighted six realities about God's command to be strong. And that's the six realities of your inner strength. What God sees in you that makes him give you the command to be strong. Number one. Because there's work to be done. When God realizes that there's work to be done, it tells you be strong. Because there's something to be done. God is looking out for people who will take the stand. He's looking out for a man or a woman. An individual. And that individual might just be you. So he speaks to you, be strong. There's something that he wants to do through you. Be strong. There's work to be done. You know, he said in Haggai to Zerubbabel and to Joshua and to all the people, he said, be strong and work. In other words, identify the work that needs to be done. There's something around you that has to be done. It could be in your life as a person. It could be something that you've been asking God, God, I want you to do for me. But God is saying, hey, I'm not doing anything for you. You've got to do it because there's an inner strength in you. So the first reality is that there's work to be done. The second one is because you are chosen for it. You're chosen for the work. You see, God did not go to any other person, but he came straight to Joshua and said, Joshua, be strong. He could have said that to any other person, but he said to Joshua. And when God sent her guy, he mentioned two people specifically, Zerubbabel, and Joshua, and then said to all the people, be strong and work. You're choosing. First Chronicles, chapter 28. I'm taking you to all the weird ones today, aren't you? Right? Chronicles. These are the ones we don't go to very often. Chapter 28. <clears throat> Verse 10. Now, this was David talking to his son, Solomon, and telling him about the house, the temple that needs to be built. Verse 8. He said, So now, or rather, verse 9, and you, my son Solomon, Acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Verse 10. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. Consider now, for the Lord has what? Chosen you to build a house, to build a sanctuary. 
to build God's house. So be strong and do the work. So for God to tell you be strong, you are chosen. John chapter 15. Jesus said, you've not called me. I've called you. I've chosen you. And in 1 Peter, he said, you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. And holy nation called forth to show the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous life. So you are a chosen generation. So you look at your life now, you said you're chosen for this day and now. So, but this thing is getting too difficult, but you're chosen. All you need to do is to recognize the inner strength. There's a strength in you that you may not have seen, that you don't know you have, but God sees it. And he's saying to you today, be strong. Be strong. Don't lose heart. Don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Be strong. Say to another person, not the first person you have been talking to, to another person, be strong. Be strong and do the work. Be strong and do the work. The third one. You have been prepared for the work. See, you've been, you're, you're chosen. That's one. But you've been prepared for it. So it's not just chosen without materials. It's not just chosen without the tools that you need. You have the tools within you. You have the tools. God has given you the tools to do the work. So when God said to the people, be strong and work, he's not looking at them to just fend for themselves and do nothing or, you know, make something out of nothing. But he puts creativity inside of them. He knows that you will come out. You will always find a way when you believe in him. For Joshua, God said, be strong. Why? Because the spirit of wisdom is upon you. So you know what to do. So the spirit of wisdom is what Joshua had readily available. So God will use your skill set to bring about the victory in the work that he's called you to do. If regardless of what situation or circumstance you are in, there is a skill set that God will use to bring about victory. So for Joshua, it was the, uh, the, the, the spirit of wisdom. For Solomon, it was the materials. He had the materials. His father put so many things together. All the building materials that was needed, put them together. His father wished that he would be the one to build the house. God said, no, not you. But your son will do it. So now it was his son's time. And father is saying, be strong and do the work. You've got the materials. Look around you. You've got the materials. You might not be seeing it right now, but look right deep inside of you. Think about the strength, what comes to you naturally. God is wanting to use that. When God spoke to Moses, Moses said, I don't know what to do. He said, but what have you got in your hand? What have you in your hand? He said, a rod, a stick. He said, then use it. A stick, it's just a stick. All right, okay, okay, okay then. Throw the stick on the floor. He threw it on the floor. It became sapping. A big snake. He went, oh, okay. All right. So then pick it up from the tail. And he picked it up from the tail. And it became a stick again. See? Okay. This is not just a stick. But he thought the capacity of the stick was just to only turn into serpent. 
until God said, use the stick, touch the river Nile. And he touched the river Nile with the stick and it turned into blood. So, okay, so there's two, two capacities, two potentials with the stick. We can turn into a snake, can make any water become blood. All right, great. And they got to um, the, the, the Red Sea. Nothing to do. There was nowhere to run. The Egyptians were behind them. The Red Sea was ahead of them. And there was a mountain here and another mountain there. Remember the message? Can you remember the message? What was the title? Oh, you can't remember. The leading of God. Can you remember the leading of God? Dry holes? Can't remember? Oh, go listen to it. Ask Isaac. All right. And that was last year sometime. But there was mountain on one side and mountain on the other side. There was nowhere to run. And behind them was Egyptians they were running from. And ahead of them was the Red Sea. And Moses said, God, come on, we're trapped. Because the people came to Moses and said, hey, what are you doing? Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you want us to die in the desert? And I love Moses. Moses just said to them, whilst he was still doubting his heart, or he said to them, be still. Be still, for the battle is the Lord's. Be still and know that I am the Lord. Be still, calm down. Because the enemies you see today, you will see them no more. Forever. And he was telling them that, yet he had no solution. In his mind, he had nothing to rely on. But he was telling them that there are times when you can't see anything coming through, it's just okay to depend on God. To trust him. To speak upon the things he's done before, even though they don't make sense for the now. But look at the things, look at the testimonies of the things that he's delivered you through before. Even if you've not experienced him that way, think about your brother or your sister that God has come through before and say, God, if you could do that for Arlene, hey, come on, you can do the same thing for me. Because you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Same God. Oh, I believe in miracles. I do. I do. It doesn't have to happen. But I do believe that when I ask, he will. I do. So until God said to Moses, Moses, the capacity of your rod is not just to turn into snakes or turn water into blood. It can still part the sea. He said, just stretch the rod. <laughs> what have you got in your hand? Stretch it. And he stretched it and parted the sea. So he saw that his skill set was unlimited. So the spirit of wisdom, the rod, the building materials, they're unlimited. But God will use what you've got to bring about a miracle. God will use what you've got to bring about a great victory. Can I say that again? It will use what you've got. And the question is, what have you got? And don't ever underestimate what you've got. Because God has given it to you. It's his gift to you. Exploit. Don't go, oh yeah, she knows how to do that, but I don't know. You check out what you know how to do. There's something that you know how to do. Say, I don't know anything. Just sit down, be quiet. And think. Amen. All right, number four. Mm. 
it's time to do the work. When God says be strong, it means it's time to do the work. So let's look through it. Number one, when God says be strong, it means there's work to be done. Number two, it means you are chosen. Number three, it means you have been prepared for the work. In other words, you've got the skill set. Number four, it means it's time to do the work. You know people procrastinate. Say, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. No, I don't want to do it yet. And God is saying, move. Move. He said, no, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. The season, the weather is not pleasant. The weather is not favorable. So I'll just wait until. So, but God is saying, do it. Just do it now. Make commitment now. You know, take the next step. And I say, no, it's not, it's not time. It's not time. I'll just, you know, I'm, I'm sensible. I'm logical. It, it makes sense for me to just wait for a while. And God is saying, do it now. I say, no, hold, hold, hold on, God. Hey, procrastination, number one, is a thief. It steals your time. It steals your precious time off of you. It steals it. I, I, I like the scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Love this. just don't want to quote it, but I want us to look through it. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. After the book of Psalm. Are we still there? Or are we still looking for it? I just found it. Hmm. Are we there? Ah. Verse 4. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the cloud will not reap. Do we have the New Living Translation? Let's try that. You'll like this. Check it. It says, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. Huh? If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. So it's raining. It's raining. So I'm not going out yet. And it will still rain till five, but you're meant to go to Coles. I'm not going yet. It's raining. Okay. And close, closes what time? Whatever time they close, probably midnight. And then it's still raining till midnight. You go, well, but it's still raining. It's not perfect weather. Who's going to go hungry? You. You procrastinate. You lose precious time. But when God says be strong, it just means it's time. He's saying to you, it's time. It's time. It's the reality of his command. So when he says, be ready, be strong, do the work, it means there's no better time to do it, it's now. No better time. No better time. I've been there in situations where I thought, oh God, so if I start this, what if things fall apart? And all I could hear is, I'm with you. I'm like, okay, 
what time are you with me? Is it when things fall apart or not? He's with me every time. But why would I wait for things to fall apart before I start to believe, before I believe in his power? When I can make use of the now. You can always make use of the now because the now belongs to you. The future is for later. There's hope for the future, but now is what you can do. You have the capacity to do anything now. Start it. You said, I don't know how to start, but just start anyhow. Start anyhow. You want to develop yourself? Start anyhow. Make the first call. Google it. Do something. Find something. Pray about it. Believe God for it. He said, but it's bigger than me. That's why it's God that is calling you to do it. Because if you could do it, then that's not God. So God does not give you the power, or rather God does not do for you what you've got the power to do for yourself. So the reason why we trust God is because he's bigger and better and smarter and has the capacity to do much more than we can ever ask or imagine according to his power that resides on the inside of us. So hey, not time to procrastinate. Tell someone, not time to procrastinate. Do the work. Say, I, 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 won't, I won't start now. I won't start call now. I will wait for later to start call. No, start call now. It's the best time to start call. It's the best time to invest in yourself. It's the best time to learn more about God. Start now. Oh, I love this lady who came to call, uh, and, and she said, I'm not sure if I'll, if I'll be able to commit to it for the whole 12 weeks. I said, all right, great. So from the very first day, you, you've not even started, and you think you can't commit to it for 12 weeks. Say, how about just start? Just start. I said, I, I'll come today, but I don't think I can come next week. I said, how about just start? Just start. And you know what? This is going to be our seventh week, and she has only missed one. How amazing is that? Just start. Just start. You're thinking, I'm not sure if I'm ready to go back to work yet. It's okay. What are you waiting for? Look at the benefits. Look at what it does for you. If not for any other thing, it gives you confidence. Just start. Say, well, it feels like I want to be able to do a particular thing, but it feels like I'm too old. I can't go back to study. Shut up. Just start. Because if we find excuses to justify our procrastination, we'll always get one. You are very good ones, rational ones. It's a why, why, why would me, me, uh, an old man, go back and sit down with 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds in class? Come on. Wake up. Because you're just going to end up wishing you had when you always had the opportunity. Just start. Stop procrastinating. Because God is saying to you, be strong and do the work. It means it's time to do it. Do not procrastinate. Amen. All right. The fifth one. When God says, be strong, what actually it means is that it's going to be challenging. 
Right? It's going to be challenging. Because he won't say, hey, put on the whole armor of God when he knows it's a perfect condition. As in, nothing is going on when peace is all, all over the place. No. He will only tell you, put on the whole armor because they, he knows there will always be an opposition. There will always be opposition. But when he says, put on the whole armor, remember that message again? Ephesians 6, armor of God, trauma message. All right. Amen. Love it. All right. So he says, put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand. He didn't say that you will be able to fight. Because you putting on the armor wasn't for you to fight, but for you to take your place, to take the place of victory. You weren't the one who built the armor. The armor was designed and used by Jesus and defeated the enemy. But the enemy know now that Jesus has gone back to the Father and is thinking you are all by yourself. And God is saying, put on the whole armor. Because whenever they see you dressed in the armor, they still think, Jesus is there. And actually, Jesus is there because he resides on the inside of you. So, put on the whole armor. And the first one was the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet, uh, you know, shod with, with the, the gospel of peace, and so on and so forth. He said, put on the whole armor of God. And your sword, the sword, the word of God, with which you can smash and devastate every plans of the evil one. And the shield of salvation. Of faith, right? Shield of faith, thank you. What a good student you are. Praise God. But put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. So what he's saying is that when God says to you, be strong, it means there's a challenge ahead of you. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Whoever said marriage was easy? Oh, we start off like that. They talk you into honeymoon. Until you all come back home. The first 24 hours. Thank God we made it through. First 12 months. Oh, yeah, we didn't kill ourselves. Praise God. And then after one year you go, anniversary. And the anniversary is just saying, we succeeded in living together. How many times have you, you know, had a celebration for just living your life? No, you don't have a celebration just for living your life. But you had a celebration because, thank God, we're still together. We endured it. We dealt with the opposition. We dealt with our differences. And I always tell people, when two people get married, you're coming from two different backgrounds. So don't ever think it's just going to be sweet and peaceful and so on and so forth. No, because you're coming together. You've got a baggage. The other person has got a baggage. And gradually unveil your baggage. Let's see little by little what is in there. And you have a conversation around it. You know, every time there's something that is, that is a bit traumatic, you take a, a deep breath, right? Learn all of that. And trust God that you are able to move from that point to another point tomorrow. But don't think, oh, well, that person is just perfect, cute, Nice, dark, tall, handsome. He's going to come in and he's just the perfect person. Oh yeah, he might be the perfect person on the outside. But until you start to live with him, you start to realize, hmm, what a devil in these guys. <laughs> Amen. All right, that's not what we're talking about. But be strong. Be strong means it's going to be competitive. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be challenging. 
It will not be easy, but it will be gold. You know, gold does not just come out. The process of refining gold is not easy. It's not easy. You have to mine for it. You have to take it through a purification process for it to turn out gold. It goes through a whole lot of pressure. It goes through fire and so on and so forth. Oh, I love this, and probably this will encourage you. Isaiah chapter 54. I hope this will encourage you. Mm. Isaiah 54. You there? Verse 15. Oh, I love this. If any nation comes to fight you, it's not because I sent them. And that's God speaking. There's going to be a challenge. But if those challenges come, those, um, you know, tough time comes, not because I sent them. He said, it's not because I sent them. Whoever attacks you will go down in defeat. And that's a promise. Oh, say amen to that. Not because I sent them. King James. I love King James. You love King James? Oh, well, I do. All right. Behold, they shall surely gather together. And here he's saying they will. In other words, expected is part of the package. They will. Those challenging times will come. Those times where you feel discouraged and feel like, you know, hanging up will come. Those times when you feel like it's not all worth it anymore. Those times when you feel like, are you sure there's still God? I, I, I think I should YouTube atheism. I, should, I think it now starts to make sense. Those times will come. But God is saying, not by me. He said, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against you shall fall for your sake. Shall fall for your sake. So when God says, hey, be strong, it means there's going to be challenges, but I'm with you. And he who's got God has got everything, I believe. So God is not the one who puts up the bumps, but he leads you in the path of righteousness. Even when you find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death, so you will fear no evil. So do you think he's God that, that puts you in the valley of the shadow of death? No. It could be our choices. It could be the things that we have to cross when we are on the path to something greater. But God is saying, hey, it's okay. Don't be discouraged. Be strong. Do you know why he told Joshua, be strong? Because he knew the people they were going to meet. Don't forget, 12 spies were sent to Jericho to, to spy it out, to check you know, the, the, the construct and the people of that land. And 10 out of the 12 of them came back with what we now call bad news. But it was a fact. It was a fact. The people in that land were giants. And just the, the, the build, not the building, the fence around the land, the fence built Around the city, the thickness, you could build a house on it. You get it? Because that was where Rahab, the harlot, 
That was where she lived. She was living on the fence, in the house on the, on the fence. So you could build a house on it. On the fence, six chariots. If you know what chariot is, if you've been watching good movies. Okay, so if chariots, six chariots can run side by side on that fence. So the fence was more like where you can build your house today, as in the plot of land. So that was a kind of city. God says, I've given the city to you. And of course, the other ten went, it's easier said than done. You go do it yourself. There are giants in the land. Look at the fence. It's massive. Yeah, of course, we, we, we saw it. Yeah, the land is you know, productive. It's fruitful. It's flowing with milk and honey, so to speak. But hey, we can't take that land. The fact is there are giants in the land that will kill us. In our own eyes, we were like grasshoppers. In our own eyes, not in their eyes. So in our own eyes, we were like grasshoppers before them. So we are too, no, 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 God, don't do that. But God is saying, I know it will be challenging, but be strong. So I know you're going to get discouraged at some point just looking at how massive the work is to be done. But I'm saying to you, be strong. It's going to get to the point where you feel like I'm no more motivated to do this. I want to hang up. I want to stop now. Hey, don't stop now. Don't stop now. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Mm. Number six. When God says be strong, it's also a promise that God is with you. It's a promise that he's with you. In Joshua chapter 3 verse 7, we say you are not alone. You are not alone. I will be with you, Joshua. I will be with you. Uh, Haggai chapter 2 verse 5, he said, my spirit is in you. Do not be afraid. My spirit is in you. Do not be afraid. So why are you thinking you are walking all by yourself? No, you are carrying him along. So he's not sending you. He's not a boss God. He's a leader God. You get it? He's not the one who asks you to go where he's never been. He's the one who's been there, done that, prepared the situation for you and say, let's go together. So my spirit is in you. First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 20. I'd like to read that very quickly. I know my time is up. I'd quickly like to read that. First Chronicles 28, verse 20. Where are you? Oh, he's up. All right. And David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and be of good courage and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with you. Will be with you. So when God says be strong, he's not saying, oh, be strong, go do it by yourself. No, be strong, I am with you, always. And that was the last word that Jesus said to his disciples before he went up to heaven. He said, hey, lo, I am with you always until the very end. I'm with you. So don't ever think you're doing it by yourself. No, he's always with you. He's always with you. So when he says be strong, it means he's with you. All right, I told you six, right? I've got one more. How about that? Great. This is the icing. All right? When God says be strong, it means that the work you are about to do surpasses history. It's better than what you have ever seen before. Say, so the glory 
Haggai chapter 2 again. So the glory of this later house shall be, shall be what? Greater than the ones you've seen before. See, how many of you have seen this house in its former glory? And how do you perceive the house now? It looks like nothing to you. Say, but be strong and do the work. Zerubbabel, be strong. Joshua, be strong. Adi, be strong. Be strong. That's also be strong and do the work. Because the glory of this latter house, you might think your best days are behind you. No, your best days are ahead of you. You've not seen anything yet. You might think, oh, well, back then I used to, you know, I never used to ask anyone for anything. And, but these days I, I feel like I don't, you know, you were talking about them asking you not to come to work. Seriously. And you feel like that's possibly the worst time of your life. It's not. Be strong. Be strong. I, I know there's some of you who have been trained professionally and all of a sudden you found yourself doing something that is more like not what you bargained for. Hey, be strong. Be strong and do the work. Even if you have to train again, do it. Don't procrastinate. Don't say, well, the weather is not perfect, so I'm not going to do it until, no. Hey, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Even if you have to train again, just do it. Just do it. How long is it going to take you to train again? How long? Worst case scenario. It will be six years. Six years. Or, depending on what you want to do, you want to be a medical doctor, great, it will be eight years. I said, but, but I wouldn't have time. You do. You do. Regardless of how old you are now, add eight years to it, I'm not sure that's how much you want to live in your life. But at least for the rest of your life, you, you're doing what you want to do. You're doing what you told God, this is what I want to do. And God is saying, be strong. You want to start a business. You want to start um, uh, 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 an organization. Whatever you want to start, do it. Now, this is the best time to start. Start inquiring. Start making the phone calls. Be strong. You want to be able to go somewhere to be a missionary. Don't think, well, my time is past. It's not past. Make inquiries. Be strong. Start thinking, God, this is what you've put in my heart for a very long time, but it felt like, you know, my time was over, but now I just realize that there's work to be done. There's work to be done. Because God is saying, the glory of this latter house, although they thought the building was done, dusted, everything is now destroyed, there's no more sanctuary for the people, but it's, God is saying, be strong, guys, and build. Be strong and build. This new building is going to be better. Say amen to that. Amen. It's going to be better. Amen. So this, this seven reality is about God's command to be strong. Number one, there's work to be done. There's work to be done. Number two, you've been chosen for the work. Number three, you've been prepared. You've got the materials, the skill set to do it. Number four, it's time to do the work. Number five, it means it's going to be challenging. Hey, but you've got the, the wherewithal to do it. Number six, 
is a promise that God is with you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Number seven. Oh, it will surpass history. To surpass history, to surpass what you've ever seen before. Be strong. Can you take this into your week? Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Don't let negative words affect you. All right? Don't let the situation determine how you propose for the future. There's always hope. There's always hope. There's always hope. You're thinking this might never change. Oh, that's your thought in the here and now. But there's going to be in the there and then. You know, there's going to be that time where you will jump again. You will, you, will, you will dance again because of great things that God has done for you. The Bible says when, they, when, when, when the, the captivity, come on, can't remember this, this scripture. When the Lord turned against the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. And then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And then said they among the heathens, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. Wherein we are glad. Hallelujah. Be strong. Say to someone, be strong. As you get up on your feet, just say to someone, be strong. Be strong. Be strong. God is with you. Be strong. He knows what you're doing. Be strong. Stop procrastinating. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. These are the seven realities of your inner strength. God sees that in you. He knows that you've got all the tools you ever need. And he's calling it out today. He's calling it out. He knows it's there. So if I were you, I'll step up to the plate. I'll step up to it and say, God, I'm here. You're going to use me? You're going to love me? I'm doing everything, God, because I'm standing here for you. Lift up your hands and just worship him. Say, God, there's no one like you. I say yes to your will, to your way. I say yes. I'll trust you and obey. I'll say yes in everything you've called me to do. I'll say yes. I'll say yes today and continue to say yes because you have called me to inherit a blessing. I say yes. I say yes. I say yes. I know you're with me. I know your spirit resides on the inside of me. I'm strong. And your word abides in me. I've overcome the wicked one. The greater one lives on the inside of me. Then he that's in the world. I know the love of God reaches out to me. Even when I feel like there's no hope, your love reaches out to me. I see you in the sanctuary. Beheld your power and glory. My lips will glorify you. I thank you. Because when it's difficult, you said it's not by you. You said it's not by you. When there is bad news, you said it's not by you. And Father, we trust that you are always with us. Changing the circumstance to suit us. Praise you. Honor you. In Jesus' name. The message you've heard was produced by the Trans Edge Church, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us by email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com.